Okay. <laughs> so we were just Good talking. Morning. Hi. Or afternoon or night, whatever. Oh, we were just talking about how we're going to start off this episode. And I'm a little nervous. Bryn's a little nervous. <laughs> but she's going to tell a story. Yeah, it's short and sweet, and but... scary. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, I'm Bryn. I'm Kelsey. And welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. So, basically, four, <laughs> four nights ago, but it, it'll be way past that once you guys actually hear this. Yeah, she told me this the other night, and I was like, what? Yeah, and I'm not crazy. This actually, well, this I This shit think actually happened. happened. Yeah. So, four nights ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, abruptly, and I was, I was staring across from my bed, and... I thought it was Timo at first, Mm -hmm. but I looked down next to me, and he was sleeping next to me, and I looked forward again, and I wasn't scared or anything, but there was a man (laughs) standing. I was fine with it, (laughs) but there was just a man. There was a man standing (laughs) at the end of my bed, and yeah, I don't know. Did he tickle your toes? No, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who he was. I I can't remember details or anything. I don't know if I knew him or whatever. I just know, um, I was, I wasn't scared. Mm -hmm. And I literally was just sitting up having a conversation with this man. Yeah, nope. (laughs) But I don't remember what it was. And I just remember laying back down and going to sleep. And then the next morning I said to Timo, I was like, was I talking in my sleep last night? Because then I couldn't figure out, wait, did that actually happen? And I saw this ghostly man standing at the (laughs) end of my bed or did I dream that that happened? And I still can't quite figure no, that out. I feel like, okay, I feel like it was a real person or like a ghost. <laughs> Not person. a real person. It was a spirit. A spirit. <laughs> person. Yeah, there was someone in your house. It wasn't just some random man standing in my house talking to me at the end of my bed. <laughs> they have high security cameras in their house. Yeah. Literally everywhere. Yeah. But no, um, I think it was a ghostly man. And it was somebody that you knew, and that's, that's why, why you was, weren't, like, freaked out. Yeah, I wasn't scared at all, and I literally just, like, after we stopped talking, I just, like, went, like, went okay, to bed. like, okay, please leave now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, that's enough, I'm tired. <laughs> but I told my friends Kate and Ashley, too, and Kate was like, well, was your room exactly the same? Because maybe in your dream something was different where you could tell it was a dream, and I'm like, no, everything was the same. Like, yeah. I... I saw certain things out of my peripheral as I was talking. I remember seeing things straight on. He was standing at the end of my bed in front of my TV. My TV was there. Like, it was all the same. What was he wearing? I don't know. I don't remember any details. I just remember sitting up and having a conversation with someone. And I looked over and it was not (laughs) Timo. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You were not talking in your sleep. Yeah. It was real, though. That's creepy. I'm not fucking crazy. (laughs) That creeped me out. I feel like it's. It was real, though. Like, it had to be real. Yeah. As so we mentioned weird. in past episodes, I do have... <laughs> no, I don't really... I no. haven't really seen them before. I mean, here and there, I've... Out of the corner of my eye. Like a glimpse. Yeah, yeah. But I do have a gift with being able to talk to spirit, and I'm trying to work on it. She... Yeah, she's getting a lot better. She occasionally does like readings for me of like my mom coming through because like I said in the past my mom had passed away and it is so on point the shit that she comes up with <laughs> I don't come up with it I will that there's stuff yeah, that my mom told tells to me. you yeah and I'm like how like how would you even know this yeah like, like it's, specific it's crazy details. stuff yeah yeah it 
It's... Like, she... For example, the one day, she pulls out of nowhere this date, and she's like, does this mean anything to you? I feel like it's your mom. And I was like, I don't know. Like, let me look into it. And it ended up being the day that she got into, like, a really bad car accident. And, like, I totally (laughs) forgot about it. And I was like... How the fuck would you have known that if I didn't even know it? Yeah. And my sister, oh my god, Jamie's gonna kill me for saying this. <laughs> Jamie, I love you. <laughs> she goes, she goes, I don't remember um, what it was. She called the hospital. <laughs> it was five years ago. She called the hospital and was like, listen, I need to know when my mom came in after her car accident. They were like, we can't do this, man. <laughs> She's like, no, but I need to She's confirm. like, you need to tell me. Yeah, it was really weird. She yeah. came through to me with a lot of stuff that day. Yeah. And I, I knew right away that it was her. I just, I just knew. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm trying it. to work on it a little more, but hopefully the people that listen to this podcast are into that kind of stuff, and if yeah. you're not, I'm sorry. Yeah, just listen for the coffee. Yeah, I'm trying to be a little less apologetic for it as well, because... No, you can't be. In order for it to grow, my our medium that we go to, who's, like, my mentor, shout yeah. out Laura... Woo-hoo. Uh, So like, you need to be open. Yeah, and, and more confident it about it. Yeah. Because I worry a little too much about how other people are going to perceive yeah. me being like, oh, I talk to spirit. <laughs> Who gives a shit, honestly? Yeah. People do weirder things. Like, yeah. come on. All yeah, right. at least I don't eat Tide Pods. True. <laughs> it could, you could be one of those people. Yeah. Could be a Tide Pod eater. Yeah. All right, you want to talk about the coffee? Sure. You want to get into it first since it was gifted to you? Yes. So, um, my brother-in-law, Casey... His girlfriend, Sarah, was nice enough to, for Secret Santa, she was my Secret Santa this year for Christmas, so she got me a bag of Blue Healer Coffee. So sweet. It's from Collectivo Coffee, that's the brand, and she got it for me for Christmas because I have a Blue Healer (laughs) named Bixby, and we also have her sister, well, um, mom and, you know, and dad have the Blue Healer, but her sister, Indy. And they are so cute. They're from the same litter. They're adorable. And she got me this coffee for Christmas, and we're just trying it now. Yeah. Because, well, we're a little backed we're up. A little, we're a little backed up. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It's really good. So, basically, we'll give you a little bit of their information first. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk about the act, the Blue Healer, the flavor, or yeah. the notes that so are in So, this blend is, um, this is from their website. It says, Blue Healer has been one of our most popular blends for more than 20 years. Named after Mina, our Australian Blue Healer mm. mascot. So cute. This is a coffee that stays true cup, cup after cup. We combine our regular and dark roasted Sumatra Highlands to create the, a blend worthy of Mina's namesake. Oh, that's mm. so cute. It features a floral, earthy aroma with a full body and a spicy, smoky flavor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... It is very full-bodied. Yeah, it definitely is. And their Instagram, if anyone's wondering, is Collectivo Coffee. Mm-hmm. They spell that C-O-L-E-C-T-I-V-O Coffee. And their website's collectivocoffee.com. Yeah. And it says that they've been hand-roasting coffee since 1993. I love that. And they also um, have food and bakery items made fresh daily. So you can check out their stuff. We're not going to get too in-depth with their About Me since... This was a gifted... It was more so a gifted coffee from 
a family member as opposed to someone sending us stuff. Right. And look on our Instagram um, for this week's coffee picture because we post one every week, but we'll post our blue healers with it. They're so cute. The little babies. They're the cutest. Yeah. So let's talk about the coffee. Yeah. Uh, do you want, you can sip first. I'll talk a little bit about it because I already had a couple sips. Talk while I'm sipping. Yeah. Um, so this is, I, it's a medium roast because it, like we said, it's combining the regular and the dark roast. So it's not too, I don't think it's bitter at all. I think it's really smooth. It's, it's not bitter, but it's bold. It's very, it's very full body. Yeah, it definitely, definitely, it almost tastes like a shot of espresso was poured into it, I think. Like it's very very strong. strong. Yeah. Yeah. Which is in a good way. Mm-hmm. And it is a regular, as we say, regular flavored coffee. I don't know how yeah, else there's to no, explain. Like, f- there's no, there's no flavor added to yeah. it. It's... So you can add anything, any kind of creamer. Today we yeah. didn't really add a flavored creamer, but I mm-hmm. think it has a nice flavor for being a regular coffee. Yeah, I like this one a lot too. Me and too. You, can, you can kind of taste, like I said, the smoky flavor in it that they mm-hmm. have. And I feel like it's right at the end. Like, you don't smell it. I feel Mm -hmm. like I taste it right at the end. Yeah, I don't really taste the floral. Yeah, me either. But I do taste the smoke, like, spicy, smoky kind of. Like, it almost tastes like, uh, by spicy, not hot, but basically... Flavorful. Yeah, like, like cinnamon was added or something like that. Like, some kind of spice was added to it. Yeah, actually, the floral and the earthy are aromas. I don't actually really smell the aromas either, but Mm-mm. I definitely taste this the smoky flavor with it. Yeah. How what would you, you rate it? Um we haven't talked about this mm, one. We usually talk uh, about it. <laughs> all the spots. Oh, the spot. <laughs> I would say probably seven point five or eight. Yeah. I, would, I do like it. I'd probably give it like a six point five. Okay. Yeah. So I got I, I went a little hard. A little hard yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, I would say probably seven point five. It's a good coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I do like it. Do but I? Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, she also, I just have to say, got a custom-made patch of Bixby, my dog, for like a little, she put it on like a little travel bag. It and is it's, the cutest It's literally thing. her face. It's the cutest thing. We should she, post a picture of that, too. We should. <laughs> she sent in like a picture to this company, and they made a custom patch. Oh, my God. I want so them on my dogs and my cats. Yeah. I just want a bag covered in animals. <laughs> this my is horse. my animal bag. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right so, yeah. So, grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Okay. So, today we're going to be talking about Timothy Pitson. Um, and as always, we'll start with a little background here. He was born October 18th, 2000... Flo- Flo- Floral. <laughs> 2000 and floor. Floral. 2000 and floral. <laughs> in Aurora, Illinois. He was six years old at the time of this case, or the story that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so trigger warning, this does involve a child. It does. But it's not really a graphic. No, it's not graphic at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you'll it, is, say, it is a child, though. Yeah, you'll, you guys will say, just don't be concerned about yeah something graphic involving a child. Yeah, he was a wee little baby. He was six years old. Um, he was four foot two inches, and he attended Greenman Elementary School. His parents were James Pitson and Amy Fry Pitson, and he was an only child. 
Amy named Timothy with two M's because she wanted him to feel special. Which I think is literally the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Because Timothy's a common name. Yeah. Oh my god, that's cute. When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I almost want to cry because that is... She's thinking about him. Yeah. She's pre-thinking yeah. how her child is going to feel about his oh, name yeah. and himself. That's, that's just really so cute. sweet. He was described as an active, outgoing boy and a natural leader. Oh, he sounds so cute. Mm-hmm. He was also described as a little ball of energy, <laughs> which all six-year-olds are. Yeah. Um, he was comfortable with both both adults and children, and he also loved being around other kids. So he was like a social kid. He wasn't like that shy kid that, you know, anytime an adult walks in the room, like, they don't say a word. Mm-hmm. He liked to go to school, and he was considered he considered every student to be his friend. <laughs> Timothy, you sound so sweet. I know. He enjoyed going to the zoo, the playground, biking, and go-kart riding. Wow, he had fun times. That's pretty crazy for a six-year-old to be, like, go-karting. I know. Could you imagine, like, Ava wanting to go (laughs) go-karting? Casey would be like, nope. (laughs) Nope. She also gets hurt a lot. She's very clumsy. I can't see her (laughs) go-karting. She's prone to bruises. Yeah. Uh, He enjoyed the swings in the sandbox at the playground. He collected matchbox cars and was learning how to swim at the time. Aww. His favorite food, this made me laugh so hard. His favorite foods were Chuck E. Cheese pizza, which Chuck the E. Best. Cheese pizza. Ew! I, was I gonna love say it. It's so gross. Oh god, I love Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Really? Yeah. Maybe we should go. You know, I-, I randomly went there maybe like seven years ago or something with my mom because we were craving Chuck E. Cheese Shut pizza. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, Did you get tokens? No. <laughs> There's no way. They must have changed the No, recipe. it's good. It's good. Okay. So he liked the Chuck E. Cheese pizza. He liked yogurt, mac and cheese, and anything from McDonald's. Aww. Like any kid would. I like anything from McDonald's, too. No, you don't. Well, yeah, no, I can't have meat, but... <gasps> what? We have to get shamrock, shamrock shakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> shamrock shakes. All right, so... Now, basically, we're going to jump right into his disappearance. So, spoiler alert, Timothy does disappear. Yes. Wednesday, May 11th, 2011, Timothy's father, James, dropped him off at kindergarten at Greenman Elementary. And Timothy was in a really good mood. They said nothing seemed out of the ordinary. He wasn't fighting going to school. He wasn't upset about anything. He was just in a really good mood. Yeah. And... He had actually, Timothy's father James, had actually insisted on dropping him off before taking his wife to her work because his wife Amy was actually suffering from vertigo and had wanted to take their son to school, but I guess he was just like, I don't think this is really a good idea. Like, God forbid something happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. So James actually talked about this event in the documentary HLN original series Real Life Nightmare. And he said, quote, I let Amy know that she was upset. She said, don't you trust me? I said, I just want to make sure everybody gets there safe. Oh, God. So, again, just reiterating that he just, he wanted everyone to get where they need to be safely. Yeah. So, James said when he dropped Timothy off at school, Timothy said, quote, love you, Dad. And he said, love you, buddy. I'll pick you up later. Why am I tearing up? I know. It's so sad. So then, after he said goodbye, Timothy ran to his teacher, and he had his little Spider-Man backpack, 
and it was swinging behind him in, quote, this is a quote from his dad, this little waddle run like a chubby old man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Isn't that the cutest little thing? The little six-year-old. Oh my god, the backpack was probably huge. It was just like swinging behind him and he was like waddling. Oh my god, that's so cute. Yeah, so the dad, his dad actually told People Magazine this in 2015. Aww. So... James then dropped Amy off at her work, gave her a kiss, and watched her buzz into the building. So he saw her buzz in there, and then that was the last time he had seen her. For that day, yep. So, Timothy's mother, Amy, then checked him out of class between 8.10 and 8.15 a.m. Central Time, saying there was a family emergency, and this was later proven that there was actually no emergency. I just, this is the first point when I was researching where I was like, what is going through her head? what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, security footage shows them leaving the school around 8.30 a.m., and this was less than an hour after he was dropped off by James. Yeah. So, basically, she buzzed herself into work and pretty much went right back and got him. Yeah. Which, I also wonder what she said to her job. Like, oh, I'm coming in and then I'm leaving. She must right. have kind of used the same emergency, emergency situation yeah. thing. Yeah. So, she then drove 30 miles east to LaGrange, Illinois. I hope I'm saying that right. I think that's right. Yeah. And she dropped her car off at a repair shop. It was a blue 2004 Ford Expedition SUV. And she dropped it off at 10 a.m. that day for maintenance. Which also is a little strange, before we get further into it, Mm -hmm. that, I mean, everyone will see what I mean, but she's dropping her car off for maintenance. Why would you have maintenance done on your car? Before doing what you're going to do. Before anything that happens, happens. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. Why would you care and spend money on your car? It's like an extra step. Yeah. That I feel like she took for some reason in her own head. Yeah. It's odd. I mean, we can dive back into that once we actually tell everyone what happens. Yeah. But I think that's just an odd little thing that... Yeah, just remember that for later. Yeah. So then an employee from the repair shop actually drove Amy and Timothy to the Brookfield Zoo. I thought that was so cute. Yeah, that was Like, they must have known him or he was Or just just been like... You guys won't want to sit around here. Yeah, it's going to take hours. We're not going to... We don't need you to be sitting around. Right, because they dropped it off at 10 a.m. And then at 3 p.m., they returned to the repair shop to get Amy's car. So they were there for a while. Mm -hmm. They then drove 45 miles north to Key Lime Cove Indoor Water Park and Resort in Gurney, Illinois. And that's where they actually stayed the night. Meanwhile... Um, James, her, Timothy's father, actually went to pick up Timothy from school and found out that he was gone. Which is horrifying. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I, this entire time he thought his child was in school and his wife was at work. Right. And she, she got him out really early, so they had the whole day to go wherever they, you know, mm-hmm. wherever they were planning on going. Um, he tried getting in contact with Amy at that point, uh, and he also checked the house and her work. He failed to do so and reported them both missing the next morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. He must have been so beside himself and just, like, distraught like, with the worry. Like, happened? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where, the, where are they? Right. Why are they not even telling... Why did she not even tell me she checked him out of school? Where did they go? What are they doing? Yeah. So, that was on Wednesday the 11th, and now we're on to Thursday, which is the next day, the 12th. Amy drove them 170 miles to Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, to the Kalahari Resort. I love Kalahari. Me too. <laughs> he, 
That little boy must have been having the time of his life, though, going to a zoo and all these indoor water parks He's and like, staying what at is a hotel. Going on? I got out of school early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they went to Kalahari. My best friend and I, Sydney, shout out Sydney, we went to Kalahari one time and it was literally like one of the best times ever. We had so many memories. So fun. So much fun. You know that now, I mean, we should go back now that. How old were you when you went? We were probably like. 12 13 we should go back now that you're older they have an underwater cave bar shut the fuck up. yeah <laughs> they have with something the coolest, for everyone yeah with the coolest mixed drinks oh shit yeah we should go okay maybe we'll bring ava and be like okay bye <laughs> go on the slide <laughs> with daddy go, the go on the water slide with casey we'll go in the cave <laughs> yeah um so they stayed the night at the kalahari resort and now we're on to friday may 13th they were seen on the security camera in the checkout line at 10 a.m., and they officially checked out at 10.10 a.m. Between 12 p.m. and 1.30 p.m., Amy called multiple family members, including her mother and brother-in-law. Mm. She told them that she had Timothy, and they were safe, and they were not in danger. She insisted to her mom that she just needed to get away from everyone for a day or two and return home soon, which would make sense if... She had kept James in the picture, I think, in the loop of everything. Yeah, like... Like, I need to get away. I, yeah, I need fun. a break. Yeah. Uh, me and Timothy are going to just go to a water park, go to the zoo. Yeah. But why would you not tell why your husband it? that? Right. Yeah. Um, she let her brother-in-law talk to Timothy so he would know the child was safe. These calls were made from an area northwest of Sterling, Illinois, near Route 40. Amy did not call her husband James and continued to ignore his calls. It's just like so something's odd. up. That's sketchy. Yeah, and I wonder if they were comparing notes though. Where definitely her mom and his brother would have known. Oh, we talked to her. Why isn't she Why answering you? you? Right. Yeah. So Timothy was heard in the background of one of the phone calls saying that he was hungry, Aww. which makes me upset. Um, 7.25 p.m., Amy was seen alone on security cameras at the Family Dollar in Winnebago, uh, Illinois. Mm. She bought a pen, paper, and envelopes from the Family Dollar. So the last time, uh, Timothy was actually seen on any security cameras was when they were checking out of the Kalahari Resort that day Mm -hmm. in the morning. And then at night, she was seen on the security cameras, um, by herself. Yeah, that's very sketchy. Yeah, and again, at 8 p.m., she was seen at Sullivan's Food Store in Winnebago, Illinois, without Timothy. She checked into the Rockford Inn in Rockford, Illinois, at 11.15 p.m. At some point in the night, Amy actually ended up cutting her wrist and her neck (sighs) and overdosed on antihistamines, and she was 43 43 years old at the time. That's so sad. Yeah. I wonder what was going through her head, you know? Something had to have been completely off, you know? And it's weird. You'd think, like... Someone would have noticed something, maybe? Yeah, something. Like, I feel like everybody in this case was completely in the dark until Mm -hmm. it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, even the fact that... I just thought it was kind of strange that she would... She was having these episodes of vertigo. Was it really something more than that? And she was playing it off like, oh, it's just was vertigo. Was she, like, you know? having, like, hallucinations, yeah. delusions? Was she, you know, severely depressed? Or, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And the fact that she involved her child in it. Yeah. 
is odd to me. Maybe also she was thinking that she was protecting him and taking him away from a situation that didn't exist in her head. I don't know. That's true. She was having, like, delusions. Yes. So, now we're on to Saturday, May 14th, 2011. Amy's body was found at 12.30 p.m. by a hotel maid along with a note. So, she did leave a note. And the note said that her son was safe with people who would love and care for him. And then she added at some point in it, quote, you will never find him. Which is just absolutely terrifying. Like, why would you have to add that in there? Yeah, and... Who the fuck did you leave him with if you left him with someone? That James didn't know. Yeah, or that no one would ever be able to find find who he was with and that you were comfortable enough to leave him with for the rest of his life. Right. Who is it? Like, it it just doesn't make sense. So, Amy Pitson's mother, Alana, Alana Anderson, also received a letter in the mail, and I don't know if she pronounces that Elena or Alana. Yeah. I tried looking it up, and it's her mom, so there wasn't really... Yeah, I know a couple of people that do it both ways. Yeah. So, it could be either. But anyway, she received a letter in the mail, as did one of Amy's friends. So, she sent... Mm. Or she had written three letters total. Ugh. And then we're on to the investigation. So, police found the knife that Amy used to kill herself, and it had only her blood on it, so they weren't like, oh, she did something to Timothy with this too, you know? There was a, quote, a concerning amount of blood found in her car that was Timothy's. So, a family member later said that the blood stains in the car were from a a nosebleed that Timothy had earlier that month. So that's kind of what they chalked it up to, I guess. Which could be. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they went back to the um, place where she had her car maintenance done and, like, talked to them and saw Said, like, oh, was this here already? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'd be able to test that, though, some way. Yeah, like, how long the blood had been sitting. I mean, when I used to be a teacher, I had a student that had really bad nosebleeds frequently to the point where she was, like, coughing up clots. Yeah. They can get really bad. And I have never seen anything like that, so I would have never thought a nosebleed could be that bad, but now I know. Now I know it could be that bad. Right? Yeah. So, Amy's cell phone was noted to be missing during all this. Really strange. Yeah. I mean, where... Why would she have left it somewhere or gotten rid of it somewhere? Or Like, um, what would the purpose of that be, you know? She had something going on in her mind, I'm telling you. That somebody was, like, following her or somebody was in danger. I don't know. Just, like, a paranoia that wasn't actually happening. Yeah. So, Timothy's Spider-Man backpack, the one that his dad had mentioned with him, like, waddling like little old man. Mm-hmm. His toys and his clothes. The clothes his mother would... The clothes his mother was wearing when she checked out of the Kalahari Resort and a tube of Crest toothpaste and an iPass transponder were all missing. Wow. Which is also strange. Like, where the hell is all of that? Right. And why? somewhere. Yeah. And why? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So, the clothes that she had been wearing that were now missing were actually brown capri pants, a white or light pink shirt, and sandals. And initially, it was believed that his booster seat for the car was also missing, but investigators learned that his grandmother still had it from the last time she had watched Timothy, so oh, it was just they it was just misplaced yeah. until she came forward and was like, oh, no, I have it. Right. So, 
Amy's car was investigated and it was noted that it was parked in a grassy area, possibly near a stream, but close to a highway. So they basically narrowed this down from the stuff in the tires and in the undercarriage and all that, which is I absolutely is incredible. So cool. Yeah. When I was reading that, I was like, holy shit, we have so much technology. Yeah, and I almost want that to be my job. Right? <laughs> like, this was definitely from the swamp. Yeah. You can tell by this speck of dirt. Yeah. That's so cool. So, tall grass and weeds were stuck to the undercarriage of the car, and a forensic testing on the plant sediment materials on the car indicated that it stopped for a time on gravel just off an asphalt road that had been treated with glass road-making beads. How? Like, how is that even possible? Yeah. And here's a quote from, um, basically some other things that were found. Yeah. The vehicle backed into a grassy meadow or field which contained Queen Anne's lace and black mustard plants and would have been nearly treeless. So, everyone who's listening... Keep this in mind because this is a spot that still needs to be found. Right, and Queen, Queen Anne's Lace is something that, like, it's all over the place, like, in the summer, but black mustard plants, I've yeah. never even seen those yeah. before. And it's in an area that's nearly treeless, but... Like a field. There's a gravel or asphalt road right. nearby. Like, a, like, somewhere to maybe park the car or, like, an actual, like, road to drive on. Right. So, some oak or birch trees were in the general area, but not in the direct place where the car stopped. There was possibly a pond or a small stream close by, and there were no indications that the land was cultivated as either a lawn or for growing crops. So, it was probably just like a field. Empty field somewhere with like a stream. Yeah. Even with this information, the exact location where the car could have been is still unknown, and I think we should actually post those details on our Facebook page this time With so people can visualize. Of things, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Because reading that, it's just a lot of information. Like, hearing it being read. Maybe we should make, like, a collage of, like, all the things yeah. and post it as a story. Yeah. Because I feel like someone has to know this spot. Right. You know? In that area. Right. Yeah. So, investigators think the meadow can possibly be in Lee County or Whiteside County in northwestern Illinois, but they are also considering Carroll, Ogle, Stevenson, and Winnebago counties. So, anyone from around that area or anyone who's listening that knows someone from that area, mention this to them and see if they have ever seen a spot. Right. That looks if like If anything this. sounds familiar about the area or, you know, you've heard about his case and you know of the counties, just mm-hmm. anything that could help. Yeah. At least they narrowed it down to those select counties. Right. And that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. So investigators also revealed Amy's credit card purchases at 11.15 a.m. on Thursday, May 12th. Um, she purchased children's clothing and toys from a store in Racine, Wisconsin. Which, why would you purchase that stuff? Right. To then ditch it or dump it somewhere, you know? Well, if she was thinking that she's handing him over to somebody that cared for him, maybe through her mind, she was like, I have to get him stuff because they're not going to have it. I don't know. But in which case, who has Timothy? Right. And none of these items that she purchased were ever found. A massive search for Timothy was launched when investigators from Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, with investigators from Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So they all kind of teamed up and they did a massive search for him. Mm-hmm. Amy's last cell phone calls on Friday came from somewhere around Sterling, Illinois. And again, they must have found this through cell phone records Pings. because at this point, 
as we mentioned, her cell phone's missing. Yeah. A search started there. Plastered pictures of Timothy all over made sure residents at least knew about him and Mm -hmm. saw his face in case he popped up somewhere. Yeah. They conducted grid searches of several areas. Hours after using her phone in Sterling, Amy stopped at a food store about 50 miles away. Big area... It was a big area to search and, like, where where had she been during that time? You know what I mean? Right. There was a big 50 time 50 miles gap. away? Right. I don't know. It's just... None of this adds up. Mm-hmm. Timothy's family members have all been cooperative with the investigation, and none of them have made... Have named any suspects in Timothy's disappearance. So, none of the family members were suspicious in what they said, and the police kind of just ruled them out mm-hmm. as suspects. So... I think that they were all kind of blindsided by this whole thing. Yeah. They are probably like, what the He was going happened? to school, like, every other day. She was right. going to work, like, every other day. Like, what switched? Yeah. Police believe that Amy had been planning Timothy's disappearance for months Which prior. is really scary. Yeah. It's scary that she was able to play it off so that her husband didn't even know. Mm-hmm. February 18th and March 20th of 2011... She took two unexplained trips to the area that Timothy later disappeared from. So that was just months before. Mm -hmm. Each time she spent four to five hours in the area before getting back on the highway to head home. I want to know what she was doing. Like, don't they have CCTV or something? No, she had to have been meeting up with these people that she was planning on. If there are people. Right, there could have not been people. It could have just been... But mental illness. Or she was just like scouting specific areas. But if she was meeting up with people, who are these people that she felt right. so comfortable leaving her child with for the rest of his life? Yeah. That no one knows. Like something was sketchy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, in 2011, she opened up an email account in her maiden name and it was kept a secret from her husband. But nothing was really found on it during the investigation that would help lead them in the direction of where Timothy went. That was 2007. Oh, did I say, what did I say? 2011. Sorry, 2007. That was when she made the email. Um, James was completely, like we said, blindsided by his wife's suicide and Timothy's disappearance. Mm -hmm. Both James and Amy's mother said how much she loved and would never harm her son. Which is so odd. I know. Like, where did this come from? Even, like... If she had undiagnosed mental health issues, I feel like it would have been... She You can't hide that, like, to a certain extent. She, it would have been... I don't know. Her husband... Like, they would have picked up on something. Something off, right. I don't know. The whole thing is just so strange. And the fact that not only did she take her child, and now he's missing, she committed suicide, which no one expected, you know? That's right. just... I mean, she did have a history of depression. She left home for periods of extended time in the past, but it was never, like, anything to this extent. Yeah. Yeah. So, before we move on, I just want to talk about how there was mention of a divorce prior to Timothy's disappearance. Mm -hmm. James said, quote, I found out she was talking to her ex-husband, and I said, you need to stop that. I'm not good with that. And you can make a decision whether you want to be with him or you want to be with me and Timothy. So that Which right I don't there. For that. Yeah, and that right there, I mean, that's already kind of being like, I, I'm, you're either going with him or, and I'm keeping Timothy. Right. Or we're going to be a family kind of thing. Right. But at the same time, 
what she did was still not being with her son. She was right. passing him off to someone else. How is that better than either leaving or living, I'm sorry, either living separate lives and having her son between her, him mm-hmm. and her husband or just leaving him with her husband if she wanted to take her own life, you or know? Or what she had planned for him, if she had planned to give him somewhere, turned out to be something bad and she witnessed something bad happen to him and then she killed herself. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows? Anything could have happened. Yeah. Timothy's aunt, Kara Jacobs, said that the family's life appeared normal, but also said that Amy, quote, was not happy about the prospect of another divorce, um, as she had been married four times prior. So. Well, I could see why this, I could see why Amy would suffer from depression, and I feel really, really bad that she, it had to come to her taking her own life, and that no one knew she was struggling with this, but why did she have to involve her son, who she clearly cared for, and was a good mother to, you know? That whole thing is just what doesn't really make sense. With this whole case. Yeah. So odd. Yeah. So, now we're on to 2012, and police released more surveillance footage that helped map Amy's final moves. Good. (laughs) So, there's not really more that we found besides just that. Yeah. And that they were able to figure out more of her movements, pretty much. still trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So then, October 2013, a woman turned Amy's missing cell phone over to police. This whole thing is crazy. I just don't understand this. This whole thing is crazy. So, this woman had actually found it two years earlier, so in 2011, Mm -hmm. but didn't connect it to the case right away, and her brother needed a new phone, and she remembered that she had it. I guess she just, like, found it, had, like, had it for in case of an emergency, just to have an extra cell phone. She remembers she had it, and she gave it to him to use, and then her brother charged it. Either he or a family friend, there were conflicting articles, Mm -hmm. saw the names on the contact list once the phone was charged and realized it was Amy's phone. Fucking insane. Yeah. How do you just hold on to a phone, though, for two years? For two years. years. And, like, I want to know the details of where she found it. Right, and what was on it, Yeah, And where she... Where, why would Amy just ditch her phone somewhere? I know. What would be the purpose of that? She didn't want to be tracked. Yeah. And basically, mm. I mean, I have a little information of where it was found, but I want to know how this lady stumbled across this. Right. Like, how like did if you're you driving you or you're walking. <laughs> yeah. So, the phone was located, quote, alongside the road on Illinois Route 78, north of Mount Carroll, according to police. But, like, Right, and Mount she... Carroll was one of the places in... The investigation where they're telling people could have, uh, Timothy could have gone missing. Yeah. But how did she stumble across a cell phone? I don't know. Where was it? Was it buried in the dirt? Like, were you walking dirt? your dog? Yeah. Was it buried in the dirt? Was it covered up? Was it right there in the middle of the road? I don't know. So, I need answers. I know. <laughs> so, nothing of interest was found on the phone. Again, why would you ditch your phone if you had nothing to hide on it? I know. And none of the other missing items have ever been located. So his backpack is still missing. The clothes are still Which missing. Which is apparently what she wanted. I don't know. So moving on to 2014, a woman said she saw a boy matching Timothy's description at her yard sale. 
and police were never able to confirm this sighting. So that That's makes just, me so sad. Yeah. Why wouldn't you, like, snap a pic? I don't know. Yeah. 2015, police pursued another tip. A Florida caller said a boy in her neighborhood looked a lot like an age-progressed image of Timothy, and the boy had actually moved into her neighborhood soon after Timothy's disappearance. Wow. And the family's vehicle had a Midwestern license plate, and the boy never went to school, so I guess he was homeschooled, and they were just piecing all these things together, and were like, okay, this is strange. Yeah. And investigators obviously looked into this mm-hmm. and said the boy did look a lot like the photo, but it wasn't Timothy, so they must have had DNA and all yeah. that done. I wish it was. Oh. I know. So now, a few years later, April 3rd, 2019. Not too long ago. Yeah. Residents in Newport, Kentucky called the police to report a teenager wandering around the streets. The teen ran across a bridge over the Ohio River for help. Police found him and claimed that he was Timothy. Hmm. Yeah. Newport Police Department called the F- called in the FBI agents from Cincinnati and Louisville, as well as the Department of Homeland Security officers to initiate a child sex trafficking investigation, which is terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. FBI agent Mary Braun of the Bureau Violent of of the Bureau of Violent Crimes Against Children and Child Exploitation Task Force. That was a mouthful. Yeah, that's a, that's a title. <laughs> they met with him in the emergency room. So they were called in and they met with Timothy in the emergency room. Well, this this boy that they thought was Timothy. The boy did not want his fingerprints taken, but he allowed them to take a mouth swab. Which, what the fuck? <sighs> what the fuck? Yeah. You don't want your fingerprints taken, but they can take your DNA from your mouth. How does that make any fucking sense? I don't know. He probably had no idea what it even meant. Or he was just like, oh, my fingerprints are on file, but maybe my DNA is not. I don't know. He was... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The swab was sent to the Hamilton County Coroner's Office, where it was processed for DNA. Mm -hmm. So, the next day, April 4th, 2019... The Louisville office at the FBI revealed on Twitter that the boy was not Timothy. Mm. Yeah. So I guess they ended up getting his fingerprints, but his fingerprints and DNA were on file due to, oh, criminal history. So the person that they had that said that was Timothy, um, his fingerprints and DNA were on file. So they must have had his, taken his DNA, like it said, and And then then all his information came up on file. The man was actually 23 years old. Fucking crazy. Yeah. How how did he look like a little boy? I don't know. Wait, what's that show where the guy poses as a No, man? it's Orphan. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, but there's a show. Yeah, Orphan's creepy as fuck. terrifying. But no, there's a show. I have to look it up. We'll pause in a little bit and I'll look it up. Uh-huh. There's a show, like, on Netflix, a documentary or Amazon, and it's about this guy, and I think he's from France or something, and he posed... As this missing child. Ugh. And he's a grown man. And you could tell he's a fucking grown man. And the missing... The child that was missing had blonde hair, blue eyes. This man has brown hair, brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay? The parents flew him to the United States thinking it was their child. Wait, they thought it was their chi- They said... They agreed that it was their child. What was this? And then finally it was proven that... No, this man, it's called The Imposter. Oh, I've been wanting to watch this. He literally poses as different, 
like, he posed as this missing, missing child. child, but <gasps> part of me, we'll have to cover this case at some point, because part of me is, like, hmm, do the parents actually, know, not to, like, put, that put on guilt, them, yeah. yeah, not to, um, accuse someone of anything, but part of me thought, do the parents actually, like, know what happened to their child, that they were just okay with pretending that this man was their son, or... Did this thing just go along too far where they're like, wow, we're going to look we like fucking idiots. We can't take it back now. Like, we're just going to act like he's Even though child. this kid has brown eyes. Yeah, and their kid oh had God. a tattoo and stuff. This man did not have a tattoo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was like 100% not, not him. <laughs> but that reminded me of this. Yeah, like it's It's a grown man up. posing as a little boy. This guy was 23 years old. Um, his name was Brian Michael Reaney, and he was actually released from the Belmont Correctional Institute in Ohio less than a month prior to him, Mm. to this happening. He served about 14 months on charges of burglary and vandalism out of uh, Medina County, which is like, I just, the fact that he came, he probably came out of jail and was like, hmm, what do I do now? Or, or just like, yeah. how do I live my life? I need a house. I need food. I need yeah. someone to take care of me kind of thing, you know? Right. So the man, Brian, actually had saw, had seen the story of Timothy on ABC's 2020. I wonder if this was in his jail cell <sighs> or outside. Out. Yeah. Right. Like how long he had known about this case. I know. He said, quote, he wished he had a father like Timothy's because if he went missing, his father would just keep drinking. Which is actually really sad. That is really sad. He just wanted to be wanted and missed by somebody. But, I mean, part of me feels bad for him because clearly this man has a mental illness and underlying right. issues with family life. But at the same time, it's don't wrong. bring in a family who's missing their fucking child. That pisses me off. Yeah, like... His father's already going through enough, wondering where his son is for all these years. He doesn't and need he someone posing. Hope, yeah. yeah, he doesn't need a 23-year-old man posing as his child. Right, and this man, Brian, actually had a history of mental health issues yeah. and making up stories in the past. So he had a rough life. Um, Aurora Police Spokesman Sergeant Bill Rowley said, quote, Although we are disappointed that this turned out to be a hoax, we remain diligent in our search for Timothy as our missing persons case remains unsolved. Mm, that's so sad. I know. At, At least, least they're, they're like still keeping up on it. Yeah. That was that was 2019. Yeah. So, now we're on we're heading a little closer to home. Yeah. We are into December 2020. Wow. So, not long ago whatsoever. Yeah. Rini was actually sentenced to 2 years in prison. And he pled guilty to charges of aggravated identity theft related to the hoax. And although Timothy's family was deeply hurt by this, they hoped the hoax would help generate new leads. So they kind of turned it into a positive. Which even is though, amazing. Yeah, yeah, even though it is a hurtful thing and something absolutely horrible that no one should ever have to go through yeah. with a missing child, no less. They were like, at least but, we got news coverage yeah. on him and his name's out there again. yeah. This actually brought national coverage to the case, and many people who didn't know about Timothy's story now do. So, Blessing in a way, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a bittersweet thing. Ugh. So, James Pitson, which was Timothy's father, has actually moved back to his hometown of Clinton, Iowa, and he told a news magazine that he believed Amy's note, saying that she left their son safe with someone. 
So he believes that Timothy is still alive. And he kept working on a tree house that he was building for Timothy, which honestly makes me want to cry. That's horrible. Like, he continued this tree house for him. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So, a quote from James. I always wonder what she told Timothy. Why hasn't he tried to call? We taught him how to dial 911. This is your number. This is your mom's number. You know where you live, your address, all the stuff you do. We got one of those little ID, well, it says identicards for kids with his fingerprint and his name and a picture of him. So if he got lost somewhere, you could find him. So they literally went above and beyond making sure if their child was ever put in a scenario like this, he knew what to do. Right, and like... And how to be found. And then maybe he just doesn't have access to anything where he's at or if he sadly is not still alive. I don't know. Yeah. I I think he is alive. I think he is too because I think, well, his mother loved him. She wouldn't have hurt him, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. No matter how mentally ill she was. I don't know. I think he's alive somewhere and they just have to figure out who those people are that she sent him with or... Hopefully, they actually are good people, and she didn't give him to someone involved in sex trafficking without realizing it. Like a cult or something, and she was brainwashed into it. Yeah, yeah. So, this identicard that his dad said he had (sighs) was actually found in the hotel room where Amy died. So, he sadly does not have that on him. And a quote from Kara Jacobs, which again was his aunt. We just believe with every fiber of our being that he is alive. Without any lo- any kind of logic to give you, I just know that he is alive. Oh, and, and you I can really feel I, it. I think, like you just said, I think he is alive somewhere. Oh, he has to be. Yeah. So, NCMEC, which stands for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, continues to periodically produce new age progressions of Timothy, and Timothy Pitson's disappearance remains unsolved to this day we need your help please they need your help yes with any information literally anything yes these kind of cases breaks my heart same and i feel like i love that they're staying on top of the age progressions but i feel like those aren't aren't always accurate looking like sometimes i look at them and i'm like this looks nothing like i would picture this child's nose right turning into or their eye shape or i want to compare age age progressions to people that have actually been found and see how accurate they are yeah we should do that or they should do they should be able to do it with like you should be able to put in your own age progression and be like oh this does look like me or oh this doesn't look like me you know to see if it's accurate that's true or what they need to work on. Right. You know? So, if you have any information on Timothy's whereabouts or about what happened, where he is, anything, Mm -hmm. his distinguishing characteristics, he's Caucasian male with brown hair and brown eyes. He went by Tim and Timmy, which I'm sure they changed his name, probably. Mm -hmm. He was last seen wearing green or blue shorts, a brown t-shirt, white socks, and a Spider-Man backpack. And Timothy would actually now be 16 years old. Wow. So, I have some numbers for you. And, again, we'll post this on our Facebook like we always do. Yeah. And in our uh, our notes on our yeah. podcast, actual podcast, like the episode you listen to, our episode notes. The detail, yeah. Yeah. So, there's the Aurora Police, which you can contact at 630 256 
1-800-285-5500. And you can also email them at tips at apd.aurora.il.us. And then the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children hotline is 800-843-5678. Please keep talking about Timothy Pitson and get the word out to anybody that you know could possibly have any sort of information about the area. And like we said, we're going to um, put together something as far as where the car was, like the determination of where the car was and what was around it mm-hmm. um, to kind of help put a visual to it. Yeah, this is one that I think can be solved. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of information. Yeah. I mean, although bits and pieces are missing, like, what the fuck? Why did this happen? Yeah. Why Why did she do this? Where was she in between this time? All that little... Like, there is stuff that's missing, but there is a lot that they do know. And right. this is important because he he... I think he is still alive. I think he is, too. He yeah. has to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're not quite ending it yet today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do have a listener story. Yeah, this person that sent in the story actually um, did not want to talk on this episode, so they sent a little typed-up summary of it, and I'm going to talk about that in one second here. Okay, so... The person that sent in this story is actually one of my good friend Sophie's boyfriend. His name is Max, and I haven't actually read this yet. This is the first time I'm reading it because I wanted to be shocked and surprised and have my, like, reaction be here. I'm going to be full commentator. Yeah, she hasn't heard it either yet. (laughs) Yeah. So Max has told me a couple stories that have been crazy. So, I don't know. We'll see if I've heard this one before. I'm so excited. Okay. Do you know of anything of what it rega- is in regards to aliens, ghosts, soup, uh... I think, um, paranormal stuff. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm scared. So, this is directly from him. He typed this up. Okay. The first time I felt something paranormal, ooh, I was right, mm. was the first summer we spent in our quote-unquote summer home in Michigan. Mm. The home itself was built in the mid-1860s, And I know, and was home to a town priest with a walkout basement. Um, Its main use was not just as his home, but it was a dining hall for all the ministers and their families. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already creeped out. (laughs) Okay, Um, with its easy access to large with to the large basement from the outside, it was perfect for luncheons and dinners. The house itself wasn't so quote-unquote, dark or scary-looking, it was actually quite colorful with a red and beige color scheme on the outside and hardwood floors and beige ceilings on the inside. Max, you're a great writer. I'm, like, picturing this. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) The garden and yard were filled with large apple trees and flowers awaiting their bloom. It was a perfect summer home for a five-person family looking for a relaxing vacation. Leading up to our first night in the home wasn't anything out of the ordinary. We ordered Jet's Pizza and a couple liters of soda and had our the office on DVD collection on at hand. Love it. Ready for a good first night. When the evening came to an end, it was time to go to bed. I stumbled up to my bedroom. I'm getting the chills. I know. Right around the corner. <laughs> I'm like getting freaked out. Right around the corner from the wood staircase. So that's where his bedroom was. Oh, God. The wood staircase. I know. I slid off my socks, turned off the light, and climbed into bed, 
while I pulled the, du- the duvet cover over me. He's really building this up. I know. I'm getting really <laughs> nervous right now. I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> I fell asleep without any problem until I woke up at 2.33. The sound of footsteps going down the stairs. I didn't think anything of it. I heard a second set of foot of feet walking past my slightly ajar bedroom door. I remember thinking how strange it was that multiple people were going downstairs at 2 in the morning. I got out of bed and felt the cold wood under my feet. Oh, I have the chills. Oh. <laughs> and went to open the door. To my surprise, there wasn't anyone there, but the footsteps down the stairs continued. As the hallway light flickered, I walked towards the top of the stairs and looked as I saw no one walking, but the sound of the steps continued at least at the last couple stairs at the last couple stairs approached the sound of okay i'm sorry hold on i need to read that again but the sound of the steps continued as the last couple stairs approached at the sound transition to the bottom level of the house walking mm-hmm. towards the living room and fading out so they were it, I have full at this body point chills. it was like downstairs yeah with a nauseous sensation in my stomach. That's not good. And palms <laughs> dripping with sweat. His knees weak and his arms were heavy. No, Was there vomit on his sweater already? Did you have mom's spaghetti, Max? <laughs> <laughs> he was sweaty. I closed the door as quickly as I could and jumped in bed. Oh, God. I could feel the cold duvet over cover against the bottom of my warm feet as I closed my eyes as tightly as I could. Wait, pause for a sec. Isn't that always funny how when, like... Something like that happens, you think a blanket covering you is gonna, gonna help. help. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fine, they can't get me under my duvet. <laughs> yeah, it's the magic duvet. <laughs> I remember trying to keep my mind off the experience by remembering Michael, Dwight, and Andy trying parkour <laughs> through the office from the episode that they watched a few hours before. Oh my god. I felt myself fall asleep and wake up at 8 a.m. the next morning. I could still feel the sickness in my stomach from my experience at 2.30. Holy shit. <laughs> Max, that was so good. You are such a good yeah, fucking writer. You need to be an author. Wow. That was riveting. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> the visuals. That was actually not the one that he's told me before. Oh, I can't wait for more. Yeah. Max, next time you're going to have to come on and tell us because that was really good. Yeah. Very impressed. And I have a few questions too. Chills. Do you still go to this summer home? <laughs> What else has happened since? Have you seen anything? Have you heard more footsteps? Is it the same priest? (laughs) (laughs) Are they having a luncheon in your kitchen without you knowing? Oh my god, it's terrifying, but like really good at the same time. I loved it. Yeah, I kind of want to go to the house. Sophie and Max, can you invite us? (laughs) Can we come? Michigan's not too far from here. Yeah. Actually, it kind of is. Well, we can make a trip at... After COVID, because yeah. we deserve one. Everyone, yeah. everyone in this world deserves a trip. I know, right? Yeah. Thank you so much, Max, for sending that in. That was really cool. Loved um, it. And you're definitely going to be sending more. And you're definitely going to become a famous writer. You should. Someone's going to hear your story on our podcast. They're going to be like, you "We must sign this boy, Max <laughs> from Crime Cults and Coffee." You're picked up. No, we loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you have to add anything? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that was a that was a good story. Yeah, loved it. Send in more people. We need more stories. I love them. They're, I love when people tell me creepy stories. Yeah, and I like 
I like having it read like that for the first time with, e- like, neither of us knowing what Hence it's why about. I stumbled over everything. I literally no, have not read it. No, you did, you did good, Kel. <laughs> thanks, thanks. And just the fact that, I mean, even if someone comes on to read it, mm-hmm. having it written out like that in story Super form helpful. makes it a lot easier. And honestly, if you're worried about, like, stumbling over your words, we can edit it out. You don't have to worry about it. There's yeah. no reason to be nervous to come yeah. out and talk about it. And it helps us also, if if we were to pre-read it, yeah. come up with questions right. if you're worried about keeping the conversation flowing, anything right. like that. You and know? that was a perfect time, too. That was, like, five minutes, and it was... it was Loved it. It was really good. Yeah. All right. All right. We Until will next week. Talk to you guys next Friday. Watch out for the mysterious footsteps at 2.30 a.m. Don't get ya. <laughs>